0: Blog Talk Radio Slow down, touch your life Don't you know there's friends to be found
1: Welcome to the Sunbury Press Book Show, sponsored by Sunbury Press, publisher of books to the book trade under 11 different imprints, sold worldwide wherever books are sold. I'm your host, Lawrence Knorr, and today we have author Penny Fletcher. Penny Fletcher won more than 30 press awards while working for Media General Communications and Sunbelt Newspapers in Tampa, Florida. She has edited more than 300 books and her own editing she has her own editing and coaching business the author of both traditionally and self-published books she has also taught fiction classes locally in Tampa she counts her biggest accomplishments as having started or helped to start i should say two shelters for abused women and working in organizations for justice and equality while her main interest has always been the study of world religions and the miracle workings of god a widow she is the mother of 7 Counting two stepchildren and an adopted biological granddaughter. For Sunbury Press, Penny is the author of the upcoming book, True Stories of Help from the Other Side, under our R's Metaphysica imprint. Penny Fletcher, welcome to the Sunbury Press Book Show.
0: Well, good morning. Thank you for having me this morning. So, I'm glad to this- be here.
1: Yeah, we're we're very happy to have you. I apologize about last last week we had to reschedule. So but we're getting it in this week. And uh, anyway, I've been looking forward to this one for a while. And the, uh, the subject matter of your book is has always been of interest to me. Uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about that book. What what brought you to writing this book? Uh, true, true stories of help from the other side.
0: I did not write this book while I was still a practicing journalist because this is a subject that a lot of people just poo-poo. A lot, though, I think uh, things have happened to me since I was a child, and I have made notes of these things that have happened, experiences, and I have talked with so many other people belonging to metaphysical societies and different things that I have made notes my whole life, but I didn't want to write it as long as I was writing news because people have enough bad things to say about the news and I didn't want to get metaphysics in there with that. However, metaphysics will soon be dead because science is proving every single thing that is happening. Quantum physics has brought metaphysics to a whole new level. Um, um, Let's say epigenetics, for example, In quantum physics, that means that uh, genes can be changed by, by praying for them. It's been proven by medical people. So now that I'm no longer a journalist that has to prove things, I can talk about all the things that have happened to me that would never have happened to me without help from the other side. And when I say the other side, I mean another realm that we are all capable of seeing and feeling.
1: Now this When you say the other side, I'm wondering if we are talking in the sense of spiritual beings, or are we talking about just an energy, or maybe just that the universe is different than how we day-to-day perceive it through our normal senses, or is it kind of all the above?
0: Uh, It's kind of all the above. Now that science has proved that there are eight realms, now they've proved eight the Bible says 10. I believe it's either 10 or 12. I don't have to know. But I have looked at that, and I have seen into something that is not of this world. Um, I've felt it. I've heard it. And I've seen into it two specific times. So and i Maybe
1: you could uh, – let's kind of bring this – a little closer to home for some people, uh, we'll get into the details of some of the things you've seen as far as this other, other world or however you want to describe it. But let's talk about maybe events in your life. Like everybody has things that happen in your life that just, they, they're, they're hard to explain. It's like, what were the odds of that happening? Or, you know, somebody calls, uh, when you're thinking about them or, uh, you know, just odd coincidences, for instance, is usually where people start to notice things out of the ordinary, we'll say, or things that are maybe beyond uh, normal statistical probability that you, that you would expect in the physical world. Uh, I know that that's sort of your entry point into this. Maybe you could kind of take us through some of these experiences and gradually, you know, as they escalate in your, your experience.
0: All right, Um, I call these things synchronicities. That is the same term that's used by most people that practice or believe in any form of metaphysics. Uh, I started my stories in 1951. Now, this is probably the most hard to believe story that I wrote and I almost didn't include it in the book because of that. But um, since I started the book, I read something by Ruth Montgomery called Strangers Among Us, where many people, many people remember their entry point into their body. I remember mine perfectly. I was in, it had to be either the third or fourth grade because of the, oh, I'm sorry, the second or third grade, because I only went on a bus to school during kindergarten and first and the beginning of second grade. And then they built a school near the house where I grew up uh, with foster and adoptive, later adoptive parents. And so it had to be during that period. I remember putting my foot on the first step of the bus and putting a hand on the pole. And all of a sudden, I was heavy. I was somewhere that I hadn't been before. And I was shocked. I opened my eyes and words would come to me, sit down, sit down. And I realized, I looked at my hands and I looked at the people on the box that I was somewhere new. Why wasn't I doing what I had just done Oh, what was that? What was that? All I knew was that I had been lighter. I had been somewhere else. I have since then found out and studied, but I, I waited four years, 40 years to look into this. And then I tripped up on this book, Strangers Among Us and found out how many people remembered coming into a body from another place. That was 1951, I was born in 1945. So this this body was, entity was born in 1945. So I'll be 75 in about two weeks. Um, I told that story, it's the only one that I can't prove. I went on from there in the book about being 12. And my adoptive mother and I were at a nursing home, where she had had to put her mother. And the book is kind of funny because of the things that we had to put her in there for. I mean, she burned up a, a electric percolator on the stove and different things. They're trying <laughs> to take care of her at home, couldn't. Right. But before she died, her arms were all gnarled and bumpy and. She was old, but as she died, she got light and bright, and then she was old again, just a second. Now I saw this later, I'm gonna really jump on this one because I can't go through each story, but when my father-in-law was dying, he had lived with us for the last year of his life, he had cancer, and my late husband, Bobby, Uh, I I just loved his dad and um, he had hospice. He wanted to die at home, but we were all at work and another family member was there and had called an ambulance. And when I got to him, he said, he whispered to me, he said, you know, I don't want to go. And I, I, I knew, but my husband is the one with the power of attorney and he was a commercial fisherman, he wasn't there. So he ended up in the hospital. Grandpa ended up in the hospital And um, he said in the emergency room to me, he said, pray for the baby. Well, later on that day, I saw that from where they had brought him in, he could not have seen that there was a baby in the next cubicle that was dying. Mm -hmm. Uh, They took him up to a room. Fortunately, my sister-in-law, Betty, showed up. And she and I were standing there across the bed from each other and then my husband came in and he had the power of attorney. So they did not hook up grandpa to any machines. My husband went for just a minute out into the hall to calm people who were gathering and crying. And Betty and I stood facing each other across the bed. What happened then All I can explain is that the room changed. Everything got to be silver and sparkling and I couldn't see her anymore. He sat up in the bed and he had not said a word for hours and he put his arm out in front and he said, mama and dropped back on the bed with his head on the pillow. And I couldn't even see Betty. I couldn't speak. I couldn't say anything. And then it cleared, and we were staring at each other. And she said, could you hear it? And I said, didn't you see it? She said, I heard angels. They were singing. And I I said, no, I didn't hear anything. I couldn't see anything. It was all silver. And I just cry every time I tell this story. And there's a couple of other ones I cry for, too, because I get bumps all over me because I know that the angel that was there is here when I talk about it. And he had died and we saw that he went because we saw a change. That was, before, oh, before I, even, I jumped ahead a little bit, I was in my office in a newsroom and I heard the words in my head above each ear. And I have heard these words twice And both times, someone was dying in my house. And the words were exactly straight home. Now, when Grandpa was there, I was right in the middle of a news story. I mean, there was no reason for me to leave. And I got up, and I went straight home. And that was when they were putting him in the ambulance, and he was whispering to me, please, I want to stay home.
1: Tell me about that voice that said, go straight home. What did it sound like?
0: It sounded like I call him the commander. It was not like my angel that I spoke with in 1987 that I actually saw. That was one of my guardians. This is who I call the commander. I don't know who it is, but there was someone dying in my house later in in 2018, which I won't mention the details of because of the family, but it was an overdose. And I heard the same voice And I was out shopping and I had been gone all day. And I heard, I had just gotten myself a hot dog at a convenience store and I was putting the mustard on it. And I heard, go straight home. And I went home and I had, he was already cold. And I called the EMTs and they said, he's probably gone, but we're gonna try. And they did, they, they said he wouldn't live all night but he did live so both times when i heard go straight home it was the same voice above each ear inside my head it was not something from the outside and it was not my voice it was a male voice
1: can i can i stop was... you right there just for a second oh yes <clears throat> i have to i just have to interject here as you're telling me this because i'm having a a wow moment for myself and i know we're not in the same room so you can't see my expression and we're not doing a video <laughs> But I just want to tell you a little, just a 30-second anecdote, very positive experience for me. I'm sitting in a pizza place with a buddy having lunch some years ago, and a woman walked by. And that commander voice that you described, I'll I'll use that terminology because I heard a male voice, almost like a James Earl Jones is how I tell it now, but it was was definitely (laughs) not my own inner voice. It was a voice from somewhere else, and it said simply, you will know her. And I thought, why on earth would I hear something as silly as that? Why wouldn't somebody say, you're going to date her, you're going to marry her, you're going to ask her out, you're going to do this, you're going to do that? No. The first time I see this person walk in front of me, I hear this voice You will know her. And I thought, this is the freakiest thing that has ever happened to me, (laughs) especially sitting out at lunch with some friends. So I've never forgotten that. Turns out, through some serendipity, that woman and I ended up getting together and we've been married for 10 years and it's the best thing that ever happened to me. But (laughs) it's just weird. So I know about this commander voice. I've think i heard it once and I don't know anything about where it came from or why, but uh, maybe you can enlighten us on that.
0: Well, I hear people, when I speak, when I talk, I've spoken in a couple of church groups and different things. And when what they say is they hear things like, don't take that plane. And sometimes it's just a feeling. A lot of people get, don't take that exit. Uh, but sometimes it is the audible voice and it has been described as the commander before. And I think I will use your James Earl Jones because that is very, very much what I heard. Okay. Um, unlike the guardian angel that I spoke with in 1987, I've jumped around here. But um, that was an entirely different thing. And that was also something that I can't forget. That is in the book. It was The year that Grandpa was living there, he was dying, and my adoptive mother would die three years later in the home, and my oldest son would be shot two years later. See, we knew none of this at the time, and I didn't know I didn't know that I was being watched after. I mean, I knew I went to church every week and I didn't ever miss, you know, I went to all the holy days back when I was a Episcopal, I, and I was Catholic before that, and um, have taken a lot of that with me, especially the saints, because I still talk to them. But um, I awoke in the night out of a complete sleep, and my husband was asleep next to me. He was still alive. And I saw what looked like a Roman soldier. He had laced up sandals from foot to knee. they were gold. He had on a helmet I mean it looked like a soldier and i I looked and I said, "Oh, I had been now wait i I had been awake. I had gone in the bathroom I had had a smoked I still smoked till eighty seven i had smoked a cigarette there was still smoke going off it had i could still smell the ashtray but i had gone back to bed and i turned over facing the window and saw this this figure and i've been told and there are a lot of books that say angels don't speak so this must have been telepathic Number one, because people say angels don't speak aloud, and number two, because my husband never moved and never heard it, and he was right there. I looked up, and the first words were, do not fear. I won't forget any of the words of any of the conversations that, well, there were only the three, the the two commanders, and the conversation that I had with my guardian. This was in the summer of 1987, in Ruskin, Florida, and I turned over and I saw him standing there. And I said, he said, do not fear. And I brazenly said, who are you? And he said, I am your angel. And I I said, what is your name? And he said, Gapethek. Now I'm not sure if it was Gapethek or Gapethek. But I wasn't I wasn't sure. Then. And of course, it was the middle of the night and I wasn't going to push it. He said to me, he said, have faith. I am going to shake the tree. Oh, wait. I OK. Jumped again. I asked his name. I wasn't sure whether he said Gapethek or Gapethek which I've looked up in angel books since. And once a priest went a long way out on a limb and said, maybe it had something to do with agape, gape. No, he said it was uh, the name he gave me. And I've never been able to find it anywhere. And he said, I am going to shake the tree, have faith and you will remain standing and he disappeared and I thought he meant my family tree because, I mean, I didn't know who my parents were. I was adopted through a foster family and I had had children and I, now we had all these people around us. And that was all I could think of immediately when he said, I will shake the tree. 30 years later, 30 years, there's Cindy Castello who's comes from Puerto Rico and she is what I would call psychic because she has seen and talked to people. Um, and, and they, the things that she has said meant so much to them that, um, they they were true and could be proven. She said to me one day we were in a spiritual meeting. We were having this kind of prayers and kind of hands on praying and every once in a while she'd get a message. And, um, um, She said, it was for the fruit. Looked right at me. I said, what? She said, he shook the tree for the fruit. And immediately I knew that was my answer from 1987. He wasn't shaking the tree. He wasn't causing a problem. He wasn't making things shake up. It was for the fruit. It was for my beliefs, which strengthened everything. Every single year following that, due to the things that were happening.
1: Now, had you told her the story about him, about shaking the tree, or did she just come at this no. out of the blue?
0: That came out of a clear blue in front of at least 15 other women. Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. That's that's a yeah. pretty, strange, pretty strange occurrence, I'll say. Wow. Hey, we are... Yeah. Uh, we we are really burning through the time here. We have about 8 minutes to go. So, we could okay. probably talk all day as you said before we got on. And yeah. I know we definitely want to have you back once the book is released and we can delve into this some more. But um maybe uh you know, it's about help from the other side. Are there some instances where you received assistance oh. maybe besides just being warned to come home or you know maybe oh, yes. just give us a couple anecdotes.
0: Uh, About that real fast I had I did not know who my parents were I had no idea who my family was I had a sealed adoption after my first baby died I was curious as to what was in my background I mean she died of SIDS there didn't appear to be any problem with the pregnancy so I was asked and I, I had no answers to any medical family questions I started looking into my adoption and I did get a, a judge to agree to open my records and they were empty. My records were, my the folder was empty, there was nothing there. About six months later, I received something in the mail from a woman named Bonnie Petrula and she said, uh, there was a letter in there that gave me one thing my birth certificate, that gave me names. I started on the phone. I was in my early 60s, probably, no, late 50s. And one thing after another, I mean, how do you find people that have been dead for years? Both my parents were dead in their 50s, but I didn't know that then. Things started turning up. I have a whole list in my book, and I don't have time to tell you now, but one That showed up. I was in the newsroom. I thought I had all my answers to who I was. And I had found a stepbrother who sent me pictures of my mother and all kinds of things by then. But I was in the newsroom and I still didn't know the circumstances of my adoption. And a woman called me from New Jersey, from the the Department of Health, and she said, my name is Joanne Johnstone. See, I say I can prove these things, and I can. And she said, are you sitting down? And I said, yes. And she said, I have your entire adoption file. I have the pre Um, everything that was done. I have all the paperwork, including notes from your birth mother trying to find you in 1969. She said, do you want me to read you the note? I said, no, just send me everything. And she did. Now, how did a 55-year-old file turn up in an office that had been combined from about 10 or 15 different little agencies into a state agency, turn up in Joanne Johnstone's file when I needed my adoption papers.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty amazing. So w- was there a and obvious in the end, like a chain of custody, like the records were combined and combined and moved here or there? Or do you think it was just somehow a folder showed up on somebody's desk one day?
0: There was no chain. She just found it in a file box. There was nothing. It was just wow. there. I had something else similar to that happen in a bank. But I don't think we have time to tell anymore. <laughs> that's enough, do we? <laughs> Well, we have we have about 4
1: minutes. I I think uh I think I'll try to reel you in a little bit here and we'll just talk okay. about at a high level um, you know what your plans are book is finished and you you we want to get it out. You had mentioned Edgar Casey. Uh maybe you could talk a little bit about what you're going to do there with their organization.
0: Well, they have the ARE um the Edgar Casey um uh, Advanced Research and Enlightenment in Virginia Beach. And they have big conferences there. I know one woman there, she's taught blind blind people to see through their third eye. They do things like that. And um, I want to try to to get some people from there. I want to try to, um, one thing I want to do is to get other people's experiences to me for a book too, because every time I tell someone an experience, they have one back. And I, I I've talked to people at the Metaphysical Society in Sun City Center, which is a big retirement community near me. And I go there just every chance I can. And a lot of those people have had experiences as well. And so I want to hear other people's experiences and write them down because these things are happening. And I can't think of a time in history that the United States has needed more, more solid evidence that the angels and God are here. They're here to help us. And we have to ask and we have to listen.
1: Well, that's very good advice. Um, we are all but out of time. Uh, once again, I, I want to thank you for for dropping in today online here on our program. We've been talking to Penny Fletcher, the author of I set this side.
0: True stories to... of help from the other side.
1: There we go. True stories of help from the other <laughs> side. <laughs> I wasn't getting any help from the other side there. <laughs> Maybe the other side was trying to hinder me from reading the, uh, <laughs> the paper I had about the show. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Penny, we will have you back on. Any closing comments you'd like to make?
0: I would just love to have people contact me uh, through my website or on Facebook or I'm on LinkedIn and tell me that they have a story because I'm collecting them for book two. And I'm easy to find, pennyfletcher.com. And I'm very interested in hearing other people's stories. I hear them every day here, but I know that there are more people than there are in Tampa Bay.
1: All right, Penny, well, I promise we will have you back. Take care. Good.
0: Thank you. This has been the
1: Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Be sure to check out our books at www.sunburypress.com or search for our titles on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other booksellers worldwide. If you enjoyed this podcast, there are hundreds more available on the BookSpeak Network. You can find our channel on blogtalkradio.com.